Well, good morning to all of you at all of our churches. Hey, we are so glad to have you. And man, isn't it hard to believe, as you just heard earlier in the hosting, that it only got six days until Christmas? Wow. Um, Somebody needs to tell the weather that, right? Hey, uh, just again, a reminder in case you didn't get in during our hosting time this morning, uh, don't forget to pick up your free tickets for our Christmas Eve service. They are free, but the reason we ask you to pick them up is so we make sure we have enough seats for everyone at every service so everybody can be comfortable. And uh, also, when you pick up your tickets, make sure that you're picking up tickets for your guests because this is a great invest invite opportunity. It's a great time for you to invite someone so they can hear the gospel message and celebrate the good news of Jesus. Um, each campus is going to have two opportunities, and um, man, we really hope that uh, you will j- join us for those. Uh, one other thing I want to say is thank you for being so generous toward the uh, churches or to the communities that were experienced the tornadoes in Tennessee and Kentucky. We were able to send Matt Johnson's uh, church a really nice check that he was able to distribute out and help people all this week. Uh, so thank you for that. And then one other reminder is don't forget our end of the year Rise Up and Build offering. As you know, we are purchasing uh, 10 acres of land um, for our Chipley campus, and um, we hope to close that out uh, by the end of this year or first of next year. And um, also, we purchased the uh, 17 acres for our Bluntstown campus, and we're wanting to replace those funds. And of course, we're finishing buying out the parking lot for the Mariana campus as well. And that's just been a blessing from God that happened out of this weird COVID thing. Um, It's just amazing how it looked like the world stopped, but God was still on the move, and God's church is still moving forward. So thank you for being a church that is helping us continue to lead our communities into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So be preparing and praying for what God would have you contribute uh, to uh, that end of the year offering. Now, grab those talk notes because we are in our second week of our series, It's All Good. And last week when we began this Christmas series, It's All Good, uh, we said that we wanted to explain what makes the Christmas story so special. What really makes it good? Because the reality is, while many of us, we, you know, we kind of anticipate Christmas, and there are many people who just say, oh man, I can't wait for Christmas, it's my favorite time of the year, there's also a lot of people who are very resistant to Christmas, and oftentimes for very good reason. In fact, for some people, the resistance is built around this question, is it true? They'll say something like this, man, the Christmas story is just so hard to believe, you know, that a virgin is going to have a child. That's just hard to believe. And, and in their minds, if the Christmas story cannot be believed, then can anything in Scripture be believed? And let me just go ahead and say, if you're one of our churches today and that's you, I'm sure you have a great reason why you're asking that question. We're glad you're here and asking that question. Is it true? But here's the other thing that we've also discovered. In the past three to five years, our culture has reached a real tipping point. So much so that in the past few years, the question that people have about Jesus and the scripture, it's no longer just this question, is it true? The question has now shifted to this, is it good? Because see, in many people's minds, all religion... Don't miss that. All religion, including Christianity, it's harmful in their minds. But as we said last week, when the angels came to the shepherds to announce Jesus' birth, this is what they said. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
So the Christmas story answers this question, is it good? See, Christmas reminds us that the message of Jesus is absolutely good news. And it reminds us that it's not just good news, but it's good news of great joy. And it's not just good news of great joy for a few select people, but it's great news of great joy for all the people of all the world for all times. See, it's the message that we looked at last week that God so loved the world so much that he sent to this world a gift of immeasurable value, his son, Jesus. And what we learned is if we're willing to lean in and trust in Jesus, believe is the way the word was worded last week, and receive God's gracious gift of forgiveness and grace, then we can experience a good relationship with a good God. So Christmas really is the most wonderful time of the year because what it does is it points us to this an absolutely incredible event that happened for us. At Christmas, we celebrate a season where we look back to an event, the birth and the the birth, the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus and that changed everything for good. But as you and I both all know too well, there's a tension during the Christmas season, isn't it? Every time you get around the Christmas season, especially as a pastor, we start experiencing the tension that a lot of people feel because they tell us about it and we're glad they do. Because see, in most people's mind, Christmas should be like the most wonderful time of the year, but sometimes we question if it's good because of the things that are happening around us. Sometimes we question that the Christmas season is good because of things that are going on like the political chaos that's going on in our country or the overwhelming problems that we see in our world. Sometimes, though, we question whether it's good because of things that are happening up close and even very personal to us. Now, one of those things that happens that's really up close and personal to us, and this is one that we want to talk about that makes this question, is it good? is there is that someone that we're going to have to hang out with this holiday season. And if you really stop and think about it, some of you are snickering because that person's already came to your mind. You, you didn't know if I was going to say it's good or bad, but you know we're questioning whether it's good, so you went there, right? And in your mind, you kind of dread it because you know that there is just something that is missing at the core of their life. In fact, so many times you wish that they would just become more aware of how they come across and they wouldn't always be so uptight and everything just wouldn't be like this really big deal because everything to them is just a really big deal. And you wish they didn't have an issue with everybody and everything and there's always something they're, they're against every year. There's always somebody that has hurt them or somebody that always did them wrong. I mean, they always have a story of how somebody else has let them down or how somebody else didn't come through for them. And, and we just would love for them to be able to relax and enjoy life and enjoy the holidays and recognize, hey, life is difficult at times, but man, you don't have to become a victim. Just, just recognize the reality that you're dealing with and figure out the best way to deal with it and then move on with life. But you've been around them long enough that they don't do they. And we've been around them long enough that we know they won't. And, and when you're around them, you're like, they just have no shock absorber for life. I mean, like, every bump they hit in life is a jolt to their being. And it's why we don't waste our time, and it's why we don't waste our breath trying to convince them to chill anymore, to relax anymore. Now, before you're too hard on them, if you're really honest, 
There are times when people look at us. There are even times when we look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and we think, oh man, you need to relax. I mean, we think it's like, why, why can't I just relax a bit? Why do I have to be up so tight? Why do I have to take everything so personally all the time? And we really look at our lives, we'd have to be honest with ourselves. It's like there's no shock absorber for our life. Every bump we encounter in life is like this jolt to our life. And every one of us, there are these moments in our life where we know that there is just something missing from our life, that there's some spark, there's some joy, there's some sense of peace, there's some love that's just not there. There's empathy that's missing. And here's the truth. When the bumps in life feel like jolts to me and I'm dealing with my own life issues and I'm dealing with relational issues, things don't seem so clear, do they? It's not so easy to see how to handle them with this peace and this joy and this love. It's not so simple when it's me to loosen up and not be so tight and to lighten up and figure out a plan to deal with life and to smile and have a Merry Christmas. We've all been there, right? And Christmas tends to exaggerate that. Doesn't it? Christmas kind of exaggerates all the bumps. I mean, that sense of loneliness, the feelings of loss, the recognition that there is a lot that is wrong with this world. I mean, think about it. There can be so many bumps that it's difficult for many of us just to kind of focus on the good that we say that we celebrate at Christmas. And it's not just because of what's happening around us, but it's also what's happening within us. I mean, think about it. During Christmas, it's easy. It just feels like it is easier for the bumps in life to start feeling like jolts in life because here's why. Times feels either stretched too thin or compressed too tight and there's all this stress and this depression that grows out of that and our patience and our tempers, they just get shorter and shorter. See, Christmas, oftentimes because of that, it kind of reminds us that there are problems that we can't solve and there are people that we can't control and there are just expectations that we can't meet. I've heard my family say that multiple times getting ready for Christmas. We're just not gonna be able to meet everybody's expectations this year, right? And I know many of you feel the same way. See, the holidays, it just makes it easier to realize that there is something vital. There is something that we all need in our life if we're gonna handle the bumps of life and it is missing from the core of our being. And here's the thing, when we feel that sense of loss, that emptiness, that things should go better and they, they get really hard. Here's the thing we have to understand. That thing that should bring us joy and hope and peace, this whole thing of Christmas celebration, ultimately when you're experiencing all the bumps of life in a difficult way and not handling it well, it just brings you down, doesn't it? See, whenever we realize that there is something vital missing from our life, that you have no shock absorber for life or for the relationships in your life, in fact, one of the things is when you realize that this vital ingredient is missing from your life, what you'll do is you'll look back later in your life and you'll ask yourself questions like this. You'll say, why did I think what I thought? Why did I believe like I believed? Or why did I act the way that I acted? And some of you are sitting there going, okay, I feel those things, but what is that vital ingredient that you're talking about? What is that missing ingredient? Because you've seen it missing in others, you felt it missing in yourself, but you've never been able to put your finger on what is that ingredient that is missing in my life. 
Well, the good news of Christmas is that our loving Heavenly Father, he knew what we were missing. And through his son, Jesus, he made this ingredient available to every one of us. And that's what we celebrate in Christmas. So the question again, what is this vital ingredient that all of us need? What is the vital ingredient that makes the good news of Christmas good news? What is the vital ingredient that God has given us through Jesus Christ? Well, here's the good news. The Apostle John I think he's the apostle that knew Jesus better than any other apostle. He puts it this way. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles, because this is where we find it. In John chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 14. You can follow along your Bible or your talk notes are on the screen. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. He says the word, this is referring to Jesus. The word word refers to Jesus because Jesus was the expression of God and the a word is a thought expressed. So the word, literally Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Literally at Christmas, God showed up in a body. That's what John is saying. God came and he lived among us. God became a person. Let that sink in for just a moment. God became a person. Jesus was not just another teacher. He wasn't just another prophet. No, Jesus is God dwelling or living among us. So the message of Christmas is that God saw all the complexity of our life. He saw the complications in our life. He knew what we needed the most to clear up our lives. And he sent it in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. So John continues. He says... We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then he goes on to say, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. And this statement right here, I don't want you to miss, because in this statement from John, we discover what that missing ingredient that Jesus came to make available to us, an ingredient that is so simple, but is yet so badly needed. See, this vital ingredient that makes the good news of the gospel good news for all the people, including you, the vital ingredient is grace. See, here's what grace says. Grace from God says, I'm going to afford you the right to be a human being. Grace from God says, I'm going to forgive, and I'm not just going to forgive your sins, I'm going to forget your sins. Grace from God says, I'm going to cancel the debt, and I'm not going to hold anything against you anymore. See, grace from God says, I'm setting you free to be the person that I created and the person that you so desire to be. In fact, grace from God says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to indwell you so that I can be with you in every moment of your life, so that I can strengthen you, so I can encourage you in every situation and every circumstance of your life. So Christmas is a reminder. It's the reminder to embrace the good news that Jesus came to just restore or to give us that core ingredient, which is really grace. And it's the power to transform how we handle our lives. That's what grace is. It's the power to transform every relationship that we have, including our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with our Heavenly Father. In fact, you could say it this way. The good news of great joy is grace. The good news of great joy is grace. And as John said in verse 16, it is from the grace of God that we receive all the other blessings that God wants to give us. Grace upon grace upon grace. 
results in blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And literally, John is also telling us this, that grace becomes the, the thing that absorbs the shock in our relationship. Grace becomes that thing that absorbs those jolts in our life and moves them from being jolts to bumps in our life. So grace is the gift from God that gives us the power to change and the strength to deal with everything that we encounter in life. And you go, why would you say that? I mean, think about it this way. This is what your heavenly father did for you. This is what your heavenly father did for me. I mean, he could have sent Jesus and he could have had Jesus use all of his energy proving how right he was and how godlike he was and how wrong we were and how human we were and how sinful we were. And at the end of the day, nothing would have changed. Think about that. Nothing would have changed. We would have just felt more guilt and more shame. But instead, God chose to define our relationship with him, not based upon what we had done, but based upon what he had done. And he used grace to define our relationship with him. And that one ingredient, it allows us to continue in a relationship with him without any guilt, without any shame in our life. I mean, think about it this way. Grace is that thing that can keep us steady. Grace is that thing can absorb all the shocks in our life, no matter what kind of bumpy road that we encounter in life. And even when we think we come to the end of God's grace, John is telling us that God just pours out more grace. John says, from his overflowing grace, we receive grace upon grace upon grace. Now, here's what's really cool about this. John can write about this firsthand. Because John saw this up close and personal. He saw Jesus give grace upon grace upon grace to Matthew and Zacchaeus, the tax collectors. He saw Jesus give grace upon grace upon grace to the woman caught in adultery. He saw Jesus give grace, more grace, abundant grace to the lepers and the Samaritans and the Roman soldiers. He saw Jesus give grace over and over, grace upon grace upon grace to Judas even at the very moment when Jesus, Judas sold Jesus out to betray him. In fact, he saw Jesus give grace to the thief on the cross and he saw Jesus give grace to the people who crucified him. He heard him say, Father, forgive them. They have no clue what they're doing. See, if you really boil it down this way, every person that Jesus came in contact with, even his enemies, Jesus showed grace. Grace upon grace upon grace, one blessing after another. But John isn't finished. He continues, he writes this. Here's what he says next. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what John says is Jesus did what nobody ever thought could be done. He lived out 100% grace and 100% truth. That means Jesus never dumbed down the law. In fact, he came and fulfilled the law. Don't miss this. He fulfilled the law and then he raised the standard. He says the standard is no longer the law keeping all the rules. He says, no, the new standard is to love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus was very clear about truth, very clear about it. But he offered us the very opposite of what we deserve that truth would have spoken. He offered us something to absorb the shocks of life when everything is not right in our life. In fact, what he did is he offered us the strength to handle the stress of life in this amazing thing called grace. See, grace is the shock absorber for life. Jesus came to us and gave us what we never deserved. 
but what we needed the most. Jesus said, you owe more than you could ever pay, but I'm going to give you grace. In fact, John goes on to say this in verse 18. He says, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only. And if you're taking notes in your Bible, just write Jesus above this phrase, because that's what he's saying. He's saying, but God, the one and only, Jesus, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. John is saying, by the end of Jesus' life, we figured out that the grace that Jesus lived out, it was not just a reflection of Jesus' values, it was also a reflection of God's values. That God is a God of truth, but God is also a God of grace. And he's saying Jesus was the embodiment of that grace. That God is a God who knows that we all deserve or what we all deserve, but he says, listen, I'm not gonna give you what you deserve. He offers us what we don't deserve, but what we need the most. He says, here's grace. And because of that, Christmas is good. Because the reality is, Christmas is really the celebration of grace. The good news of Christmas, it clears up what is really missing in the lives of people that you don't wanna hang out with during the holidays. See, the good news of Christmas, it's what, it clears up what is missing in the struggles that I struggle with. The good news of Christmas, it clears what is missing in the lives of my children when they argue about who said what or whoever did what and, and they're not getting along. The good news of Christmas, it clears up what is missing when I can't let go of the past and move forward in a relationship. The good news of Christmas is that through Jesus, God gives every one of us what we need to be whole and to handle the difficulties of life. Listen, the good news of Christmas is the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. So to help us understand how to embrace this good from God, I just wanna ask you two questions, two questions. You might wanna write these down. Here's the first question. Is it difficult for you to imagine God as a God of grace? Think about that. Is it difficult for you to imagine God as a God when he looks at you, he looks at you with grace? I mean, you understand he's a God that sees you for exactly who you are, but do you see God as a God who is offering you and everybody else exactly what you don't deserve, this thing called grace? Because here's the thing, if you don't understand the grace of God, you're always gonna live with this really distorted view of God and it's gonna limit your relationship with him because what's gonna happen is you're gonna always try to earn favor with God. You're gonna always try to live by a moral code. And it just never works as we're gonna see in just a moment. Now, here's a second question. In what life situation, or you can even say it this way, in what life relationships is it most difficult for you to extend grace? In what life situation or relationships is it most difficult for you to extend grace? Like who in your life do you know needs grace? And they're not finding it anywhere. Or worse, you're in a position and you could give that grace to them, but you're withholding grace from them. Who is that person? Or what's that situation? Listen, when we don't know where to look, it can really be hard to find grace. And not only that, when we don't know where to look, it can be really hard to give grace. Really part of the reason that we don't give grace is, I want you to fill in this blank here, the reason I'm afraid to give them what they do not deserve, which is grace, is because of, you fill in that blank. Why, why are you afraid to give grace? You think they're gonna get away with something? You think they're gonna do something again? Do you, do you think that they're not gonna get justice? Like, 
The reason I'm afraid to give them what they do not deserve is because of, you fill in that blank. Now, here's what I've discovered in my life. When you discover where you're not willing to extend grace and why you're not willing to extend grace, then you're going to discover an area of your life where God wants to do this incredible work in your life. Because here's the thing, in the tension in between, I know I ought to forgive, give grace to this person, but I don't want to because I'm afraid. Listen, God wants to do a work in you and remove one more thing that is keeping you from experiencing grace upon grace upon grace. Because here's the thing, People who haven't figured out how to give grace to others are people who haven't figured out how to receive grace from God. And not only that, when we refuse to give grace to other people or because people fail us or because they let us down, what we do is we fail to live and experience the power of grace in our own life. Think about that. The Apostle Paul, he put it this way to a group of Christ followers who were absolutely struggling struggling to live in God's grace and give each other grace because they were saying, like, to stay in a right relationship with God, you had to keep this moral code. You had to keep the law. And the Apostle Paul is telling them, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. And as a result, they're struggling to live in God's grace because they're expecting other people to live to a standard that they themselves can't even live or experience in their own life or fulfill in their own life. In fact, notice what the Apostle Paul says to them. He says, you who are trying to be justified by the law or some moral code, you know, maybe you're the person who's saying, man, you gotta live by the 10 commandments and they're, they're good. I mean, they're God's law. But Jesus came and raised that standard. He says, I want you to love everybody else like I loved you. And loving everybody is so much harder than even doing the law. And that's impossible. So we have even a higher standard. He says, you who are trying to be justified the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. In other words, he says, if you're defining relationships whether it's a relationship between you and God and you and other people based on who got it right and who got it wrong, if it's everything about, okay, did they get it right or not? The apostle Paul says, listen, you have fallen away from living in God's grace. And when you fall away from living in God's grace, you fall away from giving grace because it's like Jesus never existed and you have no shock absorber for your life and your relationships when you're not living in God's grace. Don't miss this. There's just too many times when we're not able to absorb the bumps in life because we are missing the fruit of God's grace in our life. I mean, there's too many times in all of our lives, personally, when the good news of the gospel doesn't feel like the good news of the gospel, especially to the world around us, because we have not demonstrated the fruit of grace. And instead, what we're saying is, you need to live up to this standard, whatever that standard is. And we can't even live up to it ourselves. And this is why the world feels like that the gospel is not good because they feel like they're judged and they're condemned from, from, from us. Because, I mean, remember, the gift of good news at Christmas is that Jesus gave what we didn't deserve, but what we needed the most. God gave us grace upon grace. Now, here, here's what I can promise you. When you understand and you live with the fruit of grace in your life, when you get that shock absorber in your life called grace, then all those things that you haven't been able to let go of, all of those questions about purpose and meaning in life, all of those people that you're just ready to write off, all of those judgmental attitudes, I can tell you, God will remove the fears that keep you from being a purpose, a person of grace. 
But here's the thing. When we don't receive God's grace, when we hold on to what is hurting us, when we refuse to demonstrate God's grace, what we end up doing is we misrepresent the message of Jesus to those around us, and they don't see it as good in the sense of a good news. Because all they see is what we are against instead of who and what we're for. And the result is we'll never see the world change for good. We'll never see the people around us change for good because they won't see the gospel as good news. Listen, grace is the good news of the message of Jesus. And it's a shock absorber for doing life and relationships well. Listen, the thing that Jesus did, and this is what John says in John chapter one, verses 14 through 18. He says, Jesus came and he embodied in the way that he spoke and in the way that he lived. It's the thing that set him apart from anybody else. It was grace. It's that missing ingredient that God wants to give you so that you can have a full and meaningful life and relationship with him and relationship with others. Listen, grace in our lives, it puts the good news back into the message of Christmas. And here's what I'm gonna tell you today. Whatever that fear is that is keeping you from extending grace to others, I want you in this next week to stop and think about what Jesus has extended to you. And then extend that to others. And you can only do it with grace. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity this week as we focus in and we reflect on what you came to do in our hearts and lives as we focus on the Christmas story. You came not to pay us back, but to win us back. You came not to give us what we deserve, but to give us what we didn't deserve, grace. And I just pray that as we learn to live in your grace and you remove the fear of being rejected by you because of grace, when that fear is gone, God, I pray that you'll then help us to take the next step and move past the fear in our lives of why we don't extend grace to others. God, I thank you for this incredible opportunity during these next few days as we gather with people, as we interact with people and as time gets compressed and emotions get stretched and relationships get challenged. God, may we reflect Jesus to this world. May we reflect you, our heavenly father to this world. Through grace, may we give people not what they deserve, but what they need the most, grace. And God, I just trust that as a result, just like it's changed our lives, it'll begin to change the lives of people around us as they see you reflected through us. And then maybe it becomes a step for them to enter into a relationship with you because that's what it's all about. I thank you for this incredible opportunity to extend grace in Jesus' name, amen. Everyone, thanks so much for being with us today. Don't forget our Christmas Eve services. We will see you on Christmas Eve. Have a great day.